I think I'd like for you to, um, just a second. Um, okay. Okay. Uh, can you turn the light back on, please? <clears throat> um, ah, now I can see. There's a book called Half the Sky. If you hadn't read it already, it should be required reading for every woman. Half the Sky, based on... The, pro- the proverb that uh, women hold up half the sky. Uh, because we are uh, such, like men, so critically need men, we also critically need women. And that book uh, changed my life. Uh, it's a, sorry, I, I can't, if you'll give me a minute. I, yeah, half the sky. There's actually website, video, movie, um, Facebook blog. I mean, it's a movement now. This woman is a journalist, and um, she started re- re- reporting on the condition of women worldwide. And so, one, it's important for you to expand your view of women outside of Western white women. Okay? There are all kinds of things that are going on in different parts of the country, our country, but also in the world, and the challenges that they have are like because they've been told the same thing like we have, except that, believe it or not, you're probably more free than the bulk of the world as it comes to women. It's Nicholas, Kristoff, and Cheryl Wudun. Uh, Cheryl Wudun is the, she's the first and then got help with him. Cheryl Wudun, just like it sounds, two words. And um, it's a really hard read. I'm just going to tell you right up front. It's a really hard read. Um, about sex trafficking, about how um, women who are impregnated at like 12, 13, 14, and their bodies crack open in labor because their bodies are not ready to have children, and what happened? There's no medical care for them. It's like I'm talking about conditions just because you have a vagina, right? I'm just I'm talking about real world stuff. And the Lord brought me that book at the same time he was giving me the mission statement, Rescue, Restore, Release. Because I was going, God, I don't really know what I'm doing. And he goes, I need you to think bigger because I am doing something bigger than little bitty Knoxville. Starts here where you live, bloom where you're planted, but we are going after the way things are. So part of that is how I pray in the spirit. And I know some of you do that also. I declare the things of heaven over women worldwide, right? There are things that I, promises that God has made to us. I declare those worldwide. Sometimes in real intense moments of worship, I can just see the spirit of God going around the globe, just like how you see cloud cover, just like how you see the sun moving around the globe, you know, or the moon or where they be. Just the spirit of God constantly moving, caring for all of his children, but for certainly for the women, And I want you to hear me say, he doesn't love the women more than the men. But the women need help in the season that we're in. So there's something about us getting a bigger why than what we have. And there's also something about us expanding our conversation so we can understand why it's so important. Because, you know, some of you slash us, we're doing okay. We're doing fine. And can I tell you, this is the hilarious thing. I've had women come up and go, you're so upset about women. It's like, 
I've just never really experienced that. A great family. My dad was awesome. I have good brothers. And I go to an awesome church. I've just never really experienced that. And I went, um, can you preach in your church? And she goes, oh, no. But you've never experienced any kind of oppression just because you're a woman? Just let that sit for a second. Can you all feel your brains? There's all these ways that we're told what we can and we cannot do because of our anatomy. And the Lord is like going, I never said that. I never said that. The traditions of man have said that, but I never said that. And then there's a way that we have this concept, like you want to know how to change sex trafficking, all the efforts that are going out? That's fantastic. And we pray in the spirit for the spirit of God to come and wipe out that evil. But you have to care about it first, right? You have to care about um, the girls in high school who are getting groped. You have to care about the women when you're at work. Do y'all, am I speaking crazy? Like, I, did, I wasn't crazy about the Me Too movement for lots of reasons. I talked about that last year. But what I've come to see is that what, what people are trying to do, they're trying to go, we matter. Yeah. That's what they're trying to go. We matter. Our heart matters. It mat- and it does matter. But what we get to offer the world as carriers of the kingdom is the solution to me too. I can align with you because you've been abused, but that's not going to make me better. Jesus is going to heal me. Do you understand the difference? So we're trying to complete the picture. And I'm, I wasn't planning to talk about this, but I'm going to say it. You want to you be a woman of God? Then you will resurrect motherhood in our country. And you will care about the fact that they are killing babies and that they are killing babies after they've been aborted and they're still saying that it's a woman's choice. You talk about a distortion from hell because we carry the mother heart of God who loves life and we've been so twisted. You talk about twisting the image of a woman. Do you understand that even in nature, how abnormal it is for an animal in nature to forsake her young. Go watch the planet shows. The mother will do anything to protect her babies. And now we make this declaration that I am more important than my unborn child. Now listen, I'm post-abortive. I have such grace if you've gone through that. But I'm telling you that as women of God, you have got to come back and take a view about how very much our God loves life. He is a life-giving God, and he is a life-loving God. And you're going to have to figure out how to square with that. And you talk about a voice that's needed, and you talk about the risk. You talk about any of these issues in today's society, and you're crushed. Do you see it on social media? And I'm saying, speak it anyway, because it's truth, and it just keeps coming against this tsunami. And we must, we must rise up in the name of Jesus. We must. Amen? Amen. I know you don't like that, but I'm saying you got to figure out where you're going to stand on that because it's up to us. You talk about a legacy. We never took care of it 20 years ago. We, the church abandoned that whole issue, and look where we are today. We must do something. We must. Ooh, okay, so let me give you these three words. Overflow. Boldness. And Hesed. H-E-S-E-D, I told you earlier. I'm going to go to Acts 4, and I'm just going to touch on this for a minute. And then I just want to give you an opportunity to have a transaction with the Lord. 
Acts 4. I love starting in verse um, 13, Acts 4, verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and took note that these men had been with Jesus. You don't have to be smarter. You just have to have some time with Jesus. And then I want to skip over to... um, They'd gotten in trouble, don't speak about this anymore, and they kept talking about Jesus anyway. And then they came back and said, we've got to do something about these guys. They won't stop talking about it. And so then Vert come pick up on um, verse 37. Uh, Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. 27. What did I say? 37. Oh, sorry, 27, 27, thank you. I can hardly see it. Thank you. Uh, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. And now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal, perform, to heal and perform miracles, signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and broke and spoke the word of God boldly. And I feel like God gave me something about this picture here. Is that they'd gotten in trouble for speaking about Jesus. They'd gotten in trouble about just like what we were talking about. They'd gotten in trouble for speaking the truths of God. And they didn't have all the answers. They just had been with Jesus. And they're just trying to carry, just drop the seeds of God as they're going. And here, what they pray instead is consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. They didn't pray, take it away. They didn't pray, oh, take this problem. Oh, I don't want to be in trouble. Oh, take away the whole issue where I could get in trouble. I could be at risk. They didn't pray that. They prayed that in the middle of those threats that you would give us boldness and said, with stretch out your hand and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And the Lord just gave me this picture of this passage, like this duality of trying to do life with God. You have these really difficult situations. You have your marriage, your home, your work, your dreams, whatever they are. We all have them as women. And that instead of asking God to take it away, that we ask the Lord for great boldness in the middle of it. And he gave me this picture that my boldness, I ask him for boldness. My boldness, asking him, believing in faith, is like a key in his heart, like a key in the car of God, that as soon as I put that key of boldness in, it starts activating God for signs and miracles and wonders. Because we want to know why we don't see more signs and wonders and miracles today. I think that God's waiting for boldness and faith to activate it and ask for it. And the only thing that it takes to get that bold faith is to be with Jesus and have it come back to it. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. So there's something about you activating, asking the Lord to activate boldness in your life, in your flavor, in your family, not my color, not Chuck's color, your color, your flavor of God. But to be clear that the life of the kingdom comes by bold faith. You're not going to get the life of the kingdom 
with non-existent, wimpy faith. It's like the Lord is calling us. I'm asking you to believe all that I really am. Yeah. I'm asking you to believe all that I really am. And then there's this whole passage, John, Chuck, I didn't write this down, John 7 maybe, overflow, but related to always being filled. We often say this, oh, I'm so dried out, I'm so this, oh, I'm so depleted, I'm so, and I would like to just counter that. I would like to just counter that feeling, that sensation, because that feels like one of those birds just trying to tell you that you're depleted, you don't have you, blah, blah, blah. When in reality, you are always being filled by the Holy Spirit. He said that you would have rivers of living water that would swell up and well up within you. You are a stream that's planted by the, the stream, a tree that's planted by the streams of living water and that whose water never runs dry. And God started giving me this whole sense about, I don't know if you know this scripture in Ezekiel 47 about the water that flows from the throne of God. That's the water that we're playing in. That's the water that we're drawing on. So when we say, oh, I think I'm running dry, probably not. What if you just started challenging that sense of depletion? What if you just started challenging, God, I have everything I need in you. Make my feelings line up with this spiritual reality. My body, my emotions, they may be out of whack, but my spirit is always connected with Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit is always a river overflowing. Does this make sense, what I'm saying? And that gives you this sense of confidence. I don't have to be on my game. He's on his game. The Holy Spirit is always on their game. I don't have to have everything perfect. I don't have to be in perfect relationship with Chuck. That's another myth. I have to have this perfect marriage before I... No, you don't. You have to have a perfect God. Check. Ready. Right? He's always ready to change. Wow. The Spirit of God is always ready to change people's lives. Mm. The Spirit of God is always ready to change people's lives. Will you be available? Will you be available? And then I think I've already said what I wanted to say about the Hased. I want you to just pay attention to what it means to have God's loyal love. There's a ton of scripture about this. I'm going to let you go find your own. I could take you to Philippians 4 about the peace of God and all that stuff, but really... There's something about you re-evaluating just how good is God really. Just how good is God really and just how good is God to me personally. As we kind of duke it out. Can you say that last one one more time? You said overflow boldness. Hesed, H-E-S-E-D. God's loyal love of his people. Let me give you one more visual, and then uh, we're going to pray. So we start out like this, and we have our life, we have our plans, we have our dreams, we have things that we're going to do, and then something happens, someone happens, and all of a sudden this perfect little idea about what we thought our life was going to look like takes a turn for the worse. Rose, you want to come up here? Come on, Rose. You can do it. On this side. Okay. Please. You hit Chuck's phone. Yes, ma'am. All right, here you go. Do we hit it? I do. What's this table like? It's all right. I got you. Just come closer. Okay. Don't put your hand there. No, I'm just feeling.
So then something happens. Thank you, love. And now, instead of this shiny, happy little plan, you've got this. Some people would call that life. Your daddy, your mama, your children, your work, your health. Put any name, number of names on here that you want on here. But that you end up like this. And then we start this dialogue is that it's over, it's helpless, I can't do anything about this, I'm, I'm done, I'm finished. Except that the problem with this picture is that we forget the transformative, redeeming power of God. Because what the power of God does is he takes all of these broken pieces. And I wasn't going to do this exercise for you today, but I felt like the Lord just started talking to me. Some of you are very much in this state. You're mad, you're a mess, you get too close, you're going to draw blood, everybody around you. But I want to tell you that some of you have begun the process of restoration. And this is the kind of God that you have who takes off our veils, who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory. And he is not at all um, unable, unwilling to transform your life into something completely different so that he takes all these broken pieces and in his loving hand and in his time through the Holy Spirit, through encounters, through transactions. He keeps putting these pieces together, completely unafraid of the mess and the risk. And he just kind of keeps knitting it all together so that when it's all said and done, we have this light and life in God that shines completely different than what it would have before. Instead of trying to be perfect, how about being restored? Instead of trying to be just so, to make everyone happy, what about you becoming so transparent that you have nothing to hide because your shards have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb and they've been pieced back together. And some of you, you're right down here. You're like going, for the love. How long is it going to take? Precisely how long it it takes for him to make a masterpiece. And not a minute more. And I want to bless you to bless yourself in the process because God is not afraid of the process and he's not sad or disappointed or disgusted. See, the Lord didn't have any of those veils because if it's not true of you, Jesus, it's not true of me. And God is happy to put you back together into something completely different and that you get, we get to see the glory of God in you in a way that you would never. And, and I'm sad that nobody's here. He's the only person that's here, and I just give all the glory to God. You have no idea who I used to be. You, you just don't know. And my life has been shattered to pieces, but I'm going, God, you did so good. Like, I have friends now, and I have a voice now, and, like, I'm really loved now. It's like, you just have no idea. It's like, you talk about a monster. I'm not being nice. Like, I was a monster because I was so veiled and so much shame, and so much pain, like, don't get near me, I hate you first, because you will hate me, do you understand what I'm saying, and the love, the love of God, it's love and hate are not equals, love transforms, Mm -hmm. and so your loving God is lovingly transforming your life, and is happy to do it, 
And so if that doesn't give you a sense of hope, I don't know what does. He's delighted to get you to the end. He will complete what he started in you. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I just want to transition now. It's like um, we're going to put on some worship. And we're going to do this one song together first. But your little card. Okay, you may have to help me with this. But your little card, I'm hoping that you and the Lord had something that he's saying he wants to take off. And he's got some veils or he's got some thoughts or attitudes. And so we're going to ask you to go meet with a person, a prayer person, and just let that person, they're not going to look at your card. That's between you and the Lord. But here's what's going to, here's the transaction. I know that these things may seem uncomfortable or unknowing, but it's been my experience that physical obedience brings spiritual release. We do communion in the physical because it reminds us of things in the spiritual. Does this make sense what I'm saying? So we're going to do a physical, tangible action for a spiritual um, revelation. So this is what's going to happen. On your card is veils that you've identified or the Lord has identified for you that he wants to take off. And then you're going to go meet with a prayer person back here. Katie, how do we say we're going to do it? Just as they're ready. Yeah. First, does everybody still have their card? Does anybody need another one? Oh, that's great. Does anybody need a card? Anybody? Okay. So you'll just write on your card um, your veil that you just want to leave here with us. And we're going to have prayer people lined along the back. Um, and you can just fold it up. This isn't for anybody to see. But we just want to pray with you and agree with you and bless you. And you'll take the card with you through this veil. Do you want to go ahead and explain what we're doing in here? Yes. Yeah, so you're going to you're going to pray with your person. And then you're going to go through the veil. And I'm wanting you to give yourself to have a moment that you're going through the veil, like you're entering into this place, this holy of holies with the Lord, and that you're going to take that veil, and there's an urn in there, and you put it in there, and you just release it. This is a by faith. Lord, by faith, I release this to your hands just to start the process. Start the process of taking this off of me. And then you're going to wash your hands. You're just going to wash your hands, Lord, that you've purified me, and I'm clean, and you love me so much. Just let that washing moment with the Lord be what you and the Spirit talk about, and then you're going to move in, in through the new veil into the clean veil of freedom, and then you're just going to worship, and we'll all join you there momentarily. Okay? So don't rush through this. It's not about us. This is completely vertical, right? This is between completely between you and the Lord. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. Um, yeah, Kate, is there anything else? So let me just pray for you. Lord, this has been such a rich time, and I know I can, I can feel the fatigue in the body, but Father, I can feel, feel the, the spirit. Our spirits are going, yeah. Let's, let's just get to this place of, um, sorry, let me just be quiet a minute. Sorry, Lord. So I just receive this like as really holy ground that you are um, so much wanting to just love on your women right now and uh, wash off or take off or uh, just whisper words of beauty and kindness and freedom to them. And so we're listening, Lord. We're listening. So just meet us in these moments. Thank you, Lord.
Amen. So we're just going to worship, and then as you're ready, you're welcome to go back to the prayer team. They're going to be lined up back there. Um, uh, and then you can just walk through when you're ready.